Can you hear me? Yes. Good. That's good. Wow. Let's just thank him for his presence. Ho! Oh! Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Wow. Holy. Wow, God. Wow, God. You're so good, Jesus. Wow, Jesus, your presence is so good. You're so good to us, Lord. You're so good to us, Lord. Lord, how much of your presence is it possible for us to experience right now? Father, how much, if we, if we increase our attention, Lord, if we increase our sensitivity, how much of your goodness can we be aware of right now? How much of your glory can we be aware of right now, Father? How much of your power How much of your life, God, can we be aware of? Can we experience in this room right now? Father, right now in Jesus' name. If every single person in this room just shuts off the outside world for a moment, yeah, and just give your spirit permission to lead you right now. Just give your spirit permission. Become aware of your spirit inside you. Give your spirit permission to lead you right now. Ho! Your spirit is always aware of his presence. Ho! Wow, God. How much of your glory could be manifest right now? How much of your kingdom could be manifest right now, Jesus? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your glory. He's just increasing. If you will partner with it right now, he's increasing your sensitivity to his presence. He's increasing your sensitivity to his presence. You know, the presence of God is not a thing. It's not a thing that comes and goes. It's the presence, the tangible presence of his love. And it's unconditional. If it helps you, close your eyes right now. It's, this is more important than anything I'm going to say to you right now. Ho! Father, I activate right now in every single person in this room, I activate an awareness of your presence, Lord, like they've never had before. Father, would you release faith? Father, I will ask that you release faith right now in Jesus' name. Release faith right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would not be people who gather around a sermon. We would be people who gather around your presence, Lord. And not just on a Sunday, Jesus, but 24-7. Ho! Lord, that we would gather around your presence. Lord, that we would be, we talk about being presence-led, not program-driven here at Eastgate, but that's not just church. That's at home, that's at work, everywhere you go. We're called to, you're called to be presence-led everywhere you go. Ho! Presence-led accounting, presence-led nappy-changing, presence-led studying, Whatever it is, Father, would you just increase the awareness of your presence right now? The Lord is releasing grace right now. He's releasing grace right now. If you need healing in your body, check your body out throughout now and throughout the whole service. Because every time I make this announcement, the Lord actually releases healing. I was reminded um, in between the two services of there was one time I was speaking. I mean, it happens almost every time, but there was one time I was speaking... Uh, last year, I think it was at a conference or something that we had, and I was explaining how when I'm talking, God, I just, God just heals me people and I don't even know it's happening. And in that service, I didn't call out a word of knowledge for this or anything like that, but a lady near the front, she takes a hearing aid out 
no one told her to do that. She just takes it out. She starts walking up and down right here. And then she comes up to me, comes up to me later and she says, I could hear my footsteps for the first time in decades. She was like 80, 90% deaf. So, so I believe the, the Lord is actually healing ears right now. He's actually healing ears right now. He's releasing fire. I just command ears open up right now in Jesus' name. Ears open up right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. I just love celebrating it before I see it. It's so much more fun. I love celebrating it when I see it, but it's so much more fun to celebrate it before I see it. I'll explain a little bit more about that. That sounds a bit weird, I know. But I love celebrating it before I see it. Father, thank you. Thank you, God. He's so good. He's so good. And he's promised us in his word that when we release the healing, he will do it. Because he already released it himself 2,000 years ago. He's so good. He's so good. He loves healing. He can't help it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Some of you are thinking, when's he going to start preaching? <laughs> oh, honestly, there's been times when I've just done this the whole time, so get used to it. Thank you, Father. Wow. Ho. Oh. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to preach to your spirit. That's the best thing that could happen to you today. Doesn't matter what I say. The Holy Spirit wants to preach to your spirit. He wants to minister to your spirit and impart something so that you get to walk out of here more victorious than how you came in. I can give you information. He can give you an impartation and a spiritual upgrade. I can't do that. In fact, a lot of the time, the information I give is a little, is a little bit all over the place. Let's face it. <laughs> I really would encourage you to, obviously you're going to listen to me, but pay attention to him right now. That thing I was talking about, cultivating the presence, increasing our awareness of his presence wherever you go. Practice that right now. It's spiritual multitasking. You need to pay attention to me, but more than that, you need to give your spirit permission to lead you so your spirit is listening to him and you are aware of what's happening in there. This is a key thing for victorious living. Does that make sense? Thank you, Lord. Wow. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The things that come from the spirit can only be spiritually discerned. You know, isn't it funny how often when we're, we come to church on a Sunday and we hear someone talk, Really, we are listening with our, just our mind a lot of the time, if we're honest. And what's the problem with that is that if we've had bad teaching, bad experiences, whatever it has, we're filtering it, we're filtering what we will allow into us through our brain. And actually, we need to be allowing our spirit to lead us. I mean, it's like brain, you can catch up later. That's where, that's where renewing the mind comes in. Thank you, Lord. You know, I was, I mentioned this in the first service that I was reading um, a story that we call the prodigal son, um, although that isn't really what it's about, is it, um, earlier, to, earlier this week. But this line just jumped out at me. My son, you are always with me, 
and everything I have is yours. Who's, he, who's the father talking to? He's talking to the other son. My son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. You know that in that one probably quite overlooked line of scripture is pretty much everything you need to know for your whole life. There's three things in there that would change your life. My child, you're a child. You are always with me. His presence with you is unconditional. He will never leave you. You know, people talk about grieving the Holy Spirit when we mess up, which we always, we all do. When we mess up, we've grieved the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between grieving and leaving. You cannot scare him away. He does not run away. He's not like, oh, the cross has covered all things. Well, except that. That's ugly. No, he, you can never scare him away. His lo- he said, I will never leave you. So this idea that grieving the Holy Spirit means that he actually departs from us is a lie. You're his child. He's always with you. And the last thing is everything I have is yours. He's given you a whole kingdom. How aware are we today of that kingdom? How aware are we of that kingdom inside us? I want to just um, turn to Mark chapter 11. So if you've got... Uh, a Bible, please go there. This is one of my favorites because it is absolutely foundational. There's something released in this story that if we can grab a hold of it, it will, it will totally change your life. Right, from verse 12. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. The Lord is still healing people, by the way, right now. Sorry, I just felt like I needed to interrupt myself, which, as I know, was kind of bizarre, but he's, grace is being released. There's bone conditions being healed right now. There's a, there's a lady, I feel like there's a lady who, um, there's some kind of debilitating condition, and you have to go and lie down a lot of the time. And the Lord is saying, you, you've been told you're getting weaker and weaker. And he said, not anymore. I'm releasing strength into you right now. I'm releasing strength in you right now. You are getting stronger and stronger. I'm imparting life. Excessive life is being released into you right now. Excessive life is being released in you right now. Today is the new day. Hope! You are going to rise up in strength like you never had before. And you are going to be a source of strength to others. There is so much life inside you, it's ridiculous. There is life. You are pregnant with life. You are leaking life. You've got so much life, it's an excessive. You know the word abundant life? It also can be translated excessive. There is so much life, it's wrong to keep hold of it. You have to leak it. There's no choice. You've got to leak this life onto other people around you. This is what he's releasing in you today. Today is the day of your healing. Today is the day of your miracle. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Whoever that there was obviously something going on over here. Whoever that was, continue to receive it right now. Pay attention to what's happening in your body and start acting on it because the Lord is releasing it right now. I know it. Where was I? Um, when he reached, he's seeing in the distance of fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, 
He found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for, he feared, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. And then in the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. This is the key part. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that one day it might happen. And it will be yours. Believe that you have received it, it says. And it will be yours. Jesus tells us to believe we've received it before we've received it. That's how he tells us to live. But actually that isn't even the reality. He's getting us to align our brains with truth. That we have received it. And the way that we apprehend it and the way we get to release it is posturing ourselves to live from that place. Not live from this place of lack and begging God to do stuff. Living from this awareness that he's already released a kingdom. And he's a good father. He's so good. Whatever you ask for, believe that you have received it. You know, a lot of the time we enter into ministry and prayer... And when we're done, we leave that situation like it might arrive in the post one day. It might happen. Even in the most hopeful scenarios, that's often where we leave people. And Jesus says, no, you've got to live from this place of, I've got it. When, if you think about it, if I live my life that way, it's going to look different. The way I interact with people, it's going to look different. The things I say, it's going to look different. My life is going to be more about celebration and thanksgiving than it is asking. Does that make sense? That's how it will become ours. When people came to Jesus, he knew he had the answer inside him already. And when the decree was given, he knew that the solution was released into their bodies. It's time the church matured from this point of just believing in Jesus to believing like Jesus so we can step into the ministry of Jesus. It's like we've got this winning lottery ticket in our back pocket and most people don't even know it's there. We don't know how much we've got, how much is already ours. But the Lord wants to know, do you want to live more victoriously today? You do? That's a muted response, but it's better than the first service. That, that Theirs was like a flat-out no, I think. <laughs> do you want to live more victoriously today? Yes. Do you want to see more of the kingdom manifested in you today than you ever have before? Yes. What's the one thing that can hold us back? 
our thinking. That's it. When you think about it, doesn't it make you want to get determined and just think, I want to change the way I think. I'm alive now. Now's the time. How many miracles could I see today? How many people could I see get saved today if I just changed the way I think? How much of heaven can I see manifested in my life and in my home if I just change the way I think? Wouldn't that be a good thing? And that's all I've got to do. You know, we recently had a, a building project done on our house. We had an extension done. And um, the, the two, one of the builders that was doing it, he had a motorcycle accident two years ago. And as, as a result of that, he had um, problems going down the left side of his body. Really quite bad problems. But the right side had been absolutely fine. But then one day he started experiencing really bad problems with that as well while he was on our job. So not only is this like a massive quality of life thing, because he was in a lot of agony, but it was also like, you know, his livelihood, his income, everything, his whole world is resting on this. And um, I, um, he'd been, he had actually, I, wanna, I forgot to say this in the morning, so the early service, but he'd actually been for one doctor consultation who said he thought it was the C6 vertebrae in his neck that was the problem. Anyway, I am, one day I'm working from home, and I go up to him and I say, I see a lot of miracles. Can I put my hand on your shoulder? Because I believe a miracle's going to happen. And he's like, uh, okay. Um, I put my hand on his shoulder and I say my favorite prayer. Thank you, Father. That's it. <laughs> End of prayer. And I just leave my hand there. And he starts feeling this heat going through his body. And he's like, it's getting really hot. And he takes my hand off and he's like touching it. He goes, your hand isn't really hot. So how is that? How are you doing that? And I, I was like, don't worry, it's, it's a good thing. And I, so he puts my hand back on and it keep, he keeps getting hot. Then he feels, we, he feels an, a pop happen in his, in his neck and he feels the bone move. Then he starts to loosen up and the pain all starts to leave. He starts feeling completely better. He goes out, he's able to carry on doing all his stuff. Yay, God. That was good, right? A little while later, um, I'm, I'm working from home again, and I'm trying to learn this. We've got, we're doing this new, learning this new edit software that we're doing for, for filmmaking. And I'm trying to learn. And I'm, you know when you're just totally absorbed? I'm just staring at the screen. I'm totally absorbed all day. And at one point, I didn't say this. I didn't pray it. I just thought... I haven't got to release your presence on anyone yet today, God. I've just been stuck in this room. And as I think this, he walks in the room. And he goes, Dave, can you do that thing again? <laughs> Honestly, it's the exact same time that I had that thought. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then it becomes, it becomes clear that something is really, really not right. So he can barely move at all. He's in absolute agony. He's actually white as a sheet as well. He looks really ill. Um, he explains to me that, again, it's relating to the motorcycle accident, but he's got nerve damage. And in the past, he's had like injections to block the pain, but it's come back so bad, he can't, he can't hardly move at all. Um, so I'm like, yeah, sure. Pray my favorite prayer again. Thank you, Jesus. It's a very quick prayer. It's as long as you need it to be. And he starts feeling this heat going through him again. And then... He starts getting really lightheaded. He starts getting drunk in the Holy Spirit. He's like, he goes, I feel really lightheaded. I was like, you sit down. And I actually, to be honest, I don't need to pray for you. 
because God's presence is what does it. And he's like, okay. I was like, I'm just going to carry on working. And you just sit there. So I carry on working. And after a while, he gets up and he walks out. A little while later, I look over my shoulder and I look out the window and I see him. He's like, he's climbing ladders. He's bending down. He's carrying all these heavy things. He's drilling. He's doing all this stuff. I'm like, well, he looks like he's doing pretty well now. So that was great. But um, a, what was it? I I probably saw him about a week later because I'd been working in different places. And I'm like, hey, hi, how are you doing? He goes, oh, Dave, I'm really sorry. I'm like, what? He goes, well, the pain did all go, but it all came back. It all came back. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Jesus doesn't give temporary healings. I was like, that's really interesting. So um, we just had a bit of small talk. I changed the subject. We just had a bit of small talk. And then a little while later, I had to go to the shop to get some stuff. And on my way to the shop, I asked God about it. And God says to me, he had a medical appointment where they were interpreting the scan that was done before you prayed for him. And he's got discouraged by the that, that medical report. And then all the pain has come back. And I'm like, wow, that is really interesting. So I come back home, and then a little while later I say to him, just out of interest, um, what day did the pain come back? He was like, Wednesday. And I was like, oh, and did you, did you have a medical appointment this week? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, what day was that? He goes, Wednesday. I was like, I'm just going to throw something out there that's probably going to sound a bit weird to you. But I reckon you walked into that medical appointment and you felt great. Then the doctor, he's done nothing wrong, but he's interpreting results from before I prayed for you. You've got discouraged by that bad news. And then you've walked out there and all the pain came back. He goes, that is exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. How did you know that? I kind of just avoided that question. because It's it's a bit of a can of worms at that point. Um, I said to him, but do you know what? And he goes, what? He goes, I'm releasing double the amount of encouragement to you right now. And he goes, you are? I go, I'm really excited about what God's doing in your body right now. He goes, you are? And I said, uh-huh, I'm really excited. And he goes, he goes, I can, I can feel it right now. He's on the other side of the room for me. He goes, I can feel it. I can feel it. It's getting hot again. And I was like, yep, that's it. And all the pain leaves. And then it never came back. That was it. He's completely healed. Over the years, I've seen God do some incredible things. I've seen a baby raised from the dead, clinically dead, tumors dissolved on bodies, deaf ears opened up, many, many more things. And it's not because I have a particular anointing for healing. I believe everyone has an anointing for healing. It's because in the midst of those situations, I chose to walk in assurance. I chose this thing works. He is good. He doesn't lie. He said it. It's right here. He's going to do it. He's already released it. And I'm staking everything on that. I chose in the midst of those situations. And that is what released it. I was, I was in a meeting in Mexico a few years ago. And um, at the end of the meeting, everybody's going around praying for people. And I don't know why I did this, but this lady was brought to me. And she looked really, really, really sick. Like, no color. She looked really, really bad. And I asked them what was wrong. And they said she's got uh, stage four cancer, breast cancer. And she 
is literally running out of time. She's got not much time left at all. And then for some reason, my mouth opens and it starts shouting really loudly. Everybody gather around here right now. God is going to do a miracle right now and heal this lady right now. (laughs) So they did. And then I just looked at this woman. I said to her, today's your day for a miracle. You're being, God's healing you right now. She goes down on the floor. And then she's down for like 20 minutes or whatever. During that time, I talked to other people, uh, prayed for some other people. And then later on, I noticed this lady is sitting on the side talking to people. And she's like smiling. She's like laughing. She's got all this color in her cheeks. She looks totally different. And I'm like, wow, that is interesting. And I go over there and I ask them, I say, what's happened? And they go, oh, yeah, it's gone. (laughs) What's gone? They were like the tumor. It was a massive tumor. And they're like, it's completely gone. She can't find it. She's checked. It's completely disappeared. That's amazing. That's amazing. <clears throat> Did I wake up that day and God said to me, hey, if you say something crazy today, then I'm going to back you up. I don't think so. So what happened? He did say it 2,000 years ago, though. He did say 2,000 years ago. That healing is something that he's put in us and we just get to release it. We're so often with healing, we're still in this mindset of asking for something that we already have. You know, anxious prayers are not rooted in faith. Long prayers are not really rooted in faith. You know, a lot of the time they're rooted in a mindset that's actually not that convinced that our our prayers are effective. Or maybe isn't totally convinced that he really is going to do that. That it really is for now. Maybe sometimes our long prayers are more about the fact that we're actually trying to convince ourselves. It's like we're talking ourselves into something. Is that releasing faith to the other person? My, my approach is, say something, get out of the way, let Jesus get in there. I get out of the way, quick as I can. You know, in the last few hundred years, or maybe even more, the church has glorified the process of asking. Now, I'm not saying prayer is wrong, so please hear me. I do get misquoted quite a lot. I am not saying prayer is wrong. But maybe, maybe we need to get better at receiving what is already ours. How many prayer groups are there in the world? There must be millions. On any given week, there must be millions of prayer meetings taking place at any one moment in time around the world. There's nothing wrong with a prayer meeting. Second safety announcement. There is nothing wrong with a prayer meeting. They are good. But how many of those prayer meetings do you think are asking for things that we are already being given? How many of them are pleading with God for things that he's already released? What if, what would it look like if we turned those prayer groups into receive groups? If we turn them into celebration and thanksgiving groups. Wow, God, you walk in the room and everyone's like, wow, he's so good. Can you believe how good he is? He, he said he'd do all these things. So they're, they're happening. I mean, I can't see them. But they're happening because he's so good. What would the world look like if we lived like that? It's time the church learned how to receive. You know, it's not about how much faith you have. 
It's not about trying to get more faith. It really is not. You know, I actually think most Christians have a lot of faith. You know, on certain things, they're absolutely convinced. It's very hard to persuade them otherwise. For example, many of them are absolutely convinced that when they wake up in the morning and open their Bible, they will not encounter God. And it works. Their faith produces fruit. They do not encounter God just like they believe they wouldn't. I'm being a bit silly, but it's true. Our beliefs determine our experiences. Now, if I do have a bad experience one day, and then as a result of that, I start thinking differently, what am I doing? I'm forming a belief. If I'm not careful, I'm forming a belief system out of a one-off experience. And then a lifetime of pattern of behavior can happen out of that one thing. I can stay in that place the rest of my life. You ever find that? That something happens and you get stuck in that place? Some of us can live there for decades. You see this happen with the way many people experience or don't experience God's presence. You know, I think there are two key lies that we often believe about God's presence, particularly when we mess up. Number one, I'm no longer worthy to be near him. Newsflash, you were never worthy to be near him. Jesus qualified you. It's not about your performance. It's about his goodness and what he's already done. Let's just dispel that lie. But we do walk in that lie a lot of the time. Then we go into shame mode. Because we believe we're not worthy, we go and hide ourselves from him. It's ridiculous. It's what happened in the Garden of Eden. That's why he said, where are you? He was making the point, you guys ran away, not me. The next thing we do is that we tell ourselves that because our sin grieved him, he left us. But he said, I will never leave you. So we do two things. We hide and then we tell ourselves it was him that left. Can you see that this happens? What happens then is that people then get discouraged. That when they're they're going to have like a prayer time or something like that, they feel discouraged from doing those things because their expectation that God is going to meet with them is even less because of what happened the last time and they get trapped in this cycle. And it creates this cycle of discouragement and disappointment. I've been talking a lot about what are you cultivating recently. It's really on my heart. And it started when I was reading um, Luke chapter 10 and where Jesus sends out the 72. And he says this really like what sounds like a bizarre thing about when you go into a, a home, if it's a home of peace, your peace will rest on them. Otherwise, it will return to you. And I'm like, what, what does that mean? You know, it's one of those things where it's like, mm, I think I know what that means. But if somebody really put me on the spot, I'd struggle to answer it. What's it about? It's talking about a situation where a believer's internal reality has the potential to change an environment just by them walking into it. So if you are cultivating peace in your life, if there's honor applied, the environment you go into can actually experience that. So what you cultivate internally, you replicate externally. So in that story of the builder, where he had that bad news and he told me it didn't work, I could have felt discouraged then, right? I could have thought, oh, another one for the dustbin. That one didn't work. The kingdom didn't work this time, Jesus. But I knew 
I know, and I know it's true. And I know it, I'm convinced it's real. So I was able to look at that thing in the, in the, in the face and say, oh, I'm just releasing the opposite. What if Eastgate became known as a community that was known for its thanksgiving? That we cultivated thanksgiving. That we were known as a people of unstoppable celebration, regardless of what we see around us. What if people said about us, wow, they don't just celebrate when they have good news. They celebrate when there's bad news. They're celebrating all the time. And it's that is what enables them to release the good things. What if you walked around the corner here and you you were in a conversation with somebody and they were talking about something going on and they said, I know it doesn't look any different, but I'm just so excited about it because he's so good. I'm so thankful that he's releasing it because he said he would. Faith isn't seeing a, you know, I like seeing medical reports because it encourages other people who don't believe. But do I need to see a medical report to know that the kingdom works? That's not faith. What if we cultivated Thanksgiving as a habit? What if we woke up every day and we were like, wow, Jesus, I'm so excited about what you're doing in my finances, regardless of what the bank statement says. Wow, God, you're so good. You're such a good provider. Your ability to provide is actually way better than my ability to stuff up, which is quite good. Wow, God, thank you for what you're doing in my marriage. Wow, thank you that you restore all things. That the joy, the love, the life that you deposit is only ever going to increase because of the increase of your government and peace. There will be no end. So there's an ever-increasing amount of life and goodness and joy and provision in my life. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in my children's spiritual lives. Wow. Thank you that all the encounters that they had will only ever be deposits that grow. What, are they going to hit their teenage years and struggle with their faith and walk off the rails? Lord, thank you. Thank you. For, I'm aligning myself. I, I do this every day. I'm like, wow, thank you, God. They are going to be so on fire for you. I'm so excited about that. I'm not begging him for it. I, I'm aligning with what he sees. Lord, thank you for all the miracles and the salvations that I'm going to see today. What will happen if you start your day like that? Do you think sometimes you might see more miracles and salvations? Do you think? Well, let's try that. Let's try thanksgiving everywhere we go. An attitude, a heart of thanksgiving. When you're in the toilet. When you're doing the shopping. When your kid is screaming at you. When you're changing a nappy. When you're doing a report at work. You get the idea. Everywhere, right? Most Christians, if you ask them, will agree that God is good. Right? Most of them would. The difference is, can you see his goodness in your life today? That's the difference. Do you wake up and can you see his goodness? Because if you can, it was hard to stop you giving thanks. It's hard to stop you giving thanks when you can see his goodness in your life. That doesn't mean that things don't get hard. But when things get hard, can you still see his goodness? Today. Because if you can't, you're actually believing a lie about an area of your life. Thanksgiving gives you eyes to see what is already yours and what he's already doing in your life. 
It's putting on truth goggles. Why? Because thanksgiving is actually, really, when you simplify it, it's our response to his faithfulness. That's what it is. And so if I'm not thankful in an area of my life, it's because I can't see his faithfulness. Now, when you think about it like that, it's pretty clear that we're believing a lie in an area of our life, right? We can't see his faithfulness. doesn't mean that there isn't a real physical situation that is a challenge right now. But can you see where he's been good? Can you see that he's been good in you in that area? If you can't, then the devil is blinding you. Thanksgiving is a kingdom shortcut to renewing the mind. It opens your eyes to what you've got and what he's already doing. I guarantee you it will change your life. It's a huge deal. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? It says, This is God's will for your life. Why is it God's will for your life? Because it's his will that you will not be blind to his goodness in any area of your life. Because when you see his goodness, you see him. When Moses said, show me your glory, God responded by showing him his goodness. That's how we see him. So if you can't see God working in an area of your life, and an easy way to identify that is find all the areas in your life where you feel hopeless. That's where you can't see him. Do you know what you should do? Start giving thanks. Do the opposite of what you've done your whole life and think, you know what? I'm going to start thanking because he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Do you know what I do? If I have a day where I'm walking around and I maybe don't feel a connection with his presence in the same way I did the day before, do you know what I do? This is, this is, how it, this, this is the way. This is the shortcut, the life hack for that. I start thanking him for it. I'm like, thank you, God. I'm so full of your presence. Wow. I'm doing it right now. Thank you. I'm so full of you that there is a kingdom inside me that was only ever going to increase. Thank you that your love is unconditional and you're filling me with your love. And there's so much of your love inside me. Wow. That I can't contain it. And do you know what happens when I do that? I experience it. You were not meant to live every day like a victim where some days you have a great time with God and some days you don't. It is not meant to be like that. You are his child. His love for you is tangible and it's unconditional. It's meant, you're meant to feel his love 24-7. He's a good dad and it's that simple. So when we're not experiencing it, it's our minds that need to change. I know I'm running out of time that earlier as well how did Jesus release heaven on earth there are two keys in scripture just before he fed the 5,000 and just before he raised Lazarus from the dead which are two of the most some of the two of the most profound miracles there what does he do before he looks up to heaven and he thanks thanks the father He didn't do that because he needed to do that. He did that for our benefit so we could understand that Jesus lived from the thank you. And that's what we're called to do as well. All right, if you want to stand, I'm just going to pray for you. By the way, all the people that started receiving miracles in your body today, please come and tell me afterwards. I know that it's happening. I'm excited.
to share the good news with you. So Father, right now, I release faith and boldness in Jesus' name. Father, I release faith and boldness in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we are going to be known as a people who live from the thank you. Lord, that we live from thanksgiving. Father, that we posture ourselves. Lord, that we will not be swayed this way and that by what we see around us, by the changing world around us. But we will be like solid rocks, celebrating the goodness of God, celebrating your truth, celebrating your faithfulness. Lord, that we will change the world around us, not that we will be blown around by the world. We will change the world around us, Father, because we live and we posture ourselves from that truth, Father, and we get to release heaven to earth. So, Father, I release fire right now in Jesus' name. I release fire right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness and your love. Amen.